Alright, so... Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. We are back, my friend. And so we have... I'm going to kind of let you take the lead on the rest of this here. We're going to do... If you're just tuning in, and I and I did indeed split this episode up, uh, we are going to start off with some D23 news, um, and then we're going to go into our usual pop culture section. So uh, we covered comics and SWOTOR in the last episode, and now here we are again, and it is we're going to do some Star Wars developments out of D23 and some other stuff, and then we'll do pop culture. So what's first, man? Um. Well. Let's hit the, the, the elephant in the room first and uh, the big reveal of Star Wars Land. I, um, okay, so much I, relief right now. Exactly. There's some really, really good stuff. And as a longtime Disney aficionado, there's some things I'm a little upset about. Okay. But, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's get the basics out of the way first. Um, okay. It looks like they're going to be keeping Star Tours where it is. Uh, we're talking about Disneyland about. here. Okay, we're yeah. focusing on Disneyland, not Disney World. So and before, and before we get is, too deep into this, can I just say something real quick? I, I yeah. want to say how happy I am that it's coming to Disneyland at all. Yes. <laughs> you know, because my fear was that there's not any room and they're just going to go to Disney World. And my other fear was they're getting rid of Tomorrowland. And we also know that's not a thing. So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there and then you say what you're going to say. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So... Yeah, you know, that's, actually, that's a good way to put it, Marshall. Let me talk about my fears first. My fears were that we were going to lose the Jules Verne vibe of Tomorrowland, which they've basically had since 1997 and has been phenomenal. Um, there's lots of hidden things that you don't really think about when you go into Tomorrowland, but there's a very rust, uh, not rustic, but very rustish, you know, rust mm-hmm. color that goes along with all the white, and that's very Jules Verne. Um, also, if you, a lot of people don't know, but it, every single plant in Tomorrowland is edible. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it be a mint bush tidbit. or a lemon tree or anything, but any plant you see in Tomorrowland is edible because that's what Jules Verne and, and Disney would think would be in the future, right? right? Okay. Fully, fully sustainable, right? <laughs> yes. So that being said, that's what I was, my biggest fear is that we were going to lose the whole promise of Tomorrowland, right? Right. It's not going to happen. There are a few changes that are going to happen. Um, we're keeping Star Tours in Tomorrowland, and they're actually going to add on some locations and scenes from Force Awakens to it, which is okay. cool. In, so in, the, in the attraction itself, right? Yes. They're also going to be incorporating Star Wars into Space Mountain. Okay, for those what? of you that have been to Disneyland over the last few years, you know that they, uh, just like they had been changing Haunted Mansion to Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, they have been changing Space Mountain during Halloween to what's called Ghost Galaxy, right? right. And they're what they're going to be doing is they're going to be changing it during Christmas to an X-Wing chase sort of thing. Oh, so that'll be cool. I don't know if that's going to happen for this year. Okay. Um, but it might, it, I'm sure it'd be for next year. I think next year would make more sense. Um, considering it's going to be more of the battle 
sort of movie with Rogue One. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. But that's something they're going to be incorporating into Space Mountain. Now, well, the, this is interesting. So you said that's going to be during Christmas, right? They're going to do that's that. For, that's from what I read. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hm. Okay. Now, um, the building that was formerly uh, America Sings um, Hall of Presidents and uh, is now uh, was most recently Interventions, mm-hmm. which is the Circle Building next to uh, Autopia. Uh, there had been talk for the last year that it was going to be turned into Marvel Innovations or the Marvel Experience and all that stuff. But it right, looks we like talked the, about that a few episodes back for sure. Exactly. It looks like they're actually going to be turning that into what's called the launch pad or the launch launching pad or something, which mm-hmm. I find interesting because the restaurant Tomorrowland is actually called the lunching pad. Um, <laughs> but it looks like it's going to be interactive, but not as much as we'd hoped. But it's if you remember when they were redesigning California Adventure and they were uh, getting ready to open up uh, Under the Sea Experience with Little Mermaid, they had the little room next to the wine restaurant um, that showed you all the concept art and stuff like that. And that's what it's primarily going to be, is all the concept art for the Star Wars land. Huh. Okay. Okay. So that's the changes that have been announced for Tomorrowland. All right. Now, since they decided not to alter Tomorrowland, which had been the con- the idea from the beginning, they obviously have to put it somewhere. And so what they're doing is they're getting rid of Toontown. So they are doing that. Okay. Yeah, they're getting rid of Toontown. They're going to be getting rid of the office space, which is the big green building on the backside of of Toontown. And they're getting rid of the paddocks back there and the Big Thunder Ranch. Okay. Um, And that encompasses 14 acres. Uh, Also, they're getting rid of the the little theater back there. Not the the theater that's in Fantasyland. Um, which is where they have the princess experience. Right. But the one where originally it was built to have the hunchback uh, show and it's oh. not open all the time. And it's on the opposite side of the train tracks. Yeah. I was just about to say, I've seen that hunchback show a couple of times. Um, you know, I, yeah, I used to go every year and, and so that's going big thunder ranch, um, and toontown is going, okay. Interesting. So that, that'll free up a lot of space then. Yeah. It's 14 acres. Is what's is what's uh, opening up, which is basically about the size of a of a land. I'm mm-hmm. um, a little bit sure. bigger than a than a typical land. Now, um, the, one of the things they're getting rid of is the big office building that was behind to, to, uh, Toontown. And what they've been doing is over the last year they've purchased up some properties on Manchester Avenue, which, if you know Disneyland proper, it's basically uh, bracketed by. Uh, uh, Harbor Boulevard on the east, Catella on the south, Disneyland Drive, what used to be West Street on the right. west side, and Ball Street or Ball Avenue on the north. Now, across the street from what used to be the main entrance to Disneyland, which is now the uh, the transit stop area, is where like Denny's and McDonald's is. Right on the back side of those buildings mm-hmm. is Manchester Avenue. Okay, they're going to be building another parking structure over there. And they're going to be putting office space over there. They're also moving the horse stables off property, and they're just going to be uh, bringing them in for their four-hour shifts for parades and working uh, the trolleys. So this opens up all that room back there. Now, my thing that I don't like about this is it means they're getting rid of Big Fenner Barbecue, which is one of the best restaurants in Disneyland. It's family-style eating. It's ribs and corn and chicken and... And 
sausage and beans and oh, it's so delicious. <laughs> now let me let me make a, a random comment about this. I have not been to Big Thunder Ranch uh, in you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years or so since right. I was a kid, essentially. And since then, I have since become a vegetarian, right? Right. So I never went to Big Thunder Ranch ever again, right? Every right. time I go by it, it doesn't look very busy, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm with you. When I went, when we went, my family went, we grubbed. Oh, my God, the ribs. And, I mean, it was it was the bomb. It was good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. you don't eat the rib chicken or sausage, but the corn is some of the best corn ever. Corn. The the beans are yeah. delicious. The salads were good. It was, it was really good. So I'm a little bummed that that's going away. Um, but I'm excited that they're, they're bringing in Star Wars. We haven't had a lot of, uh, news on what exactly is going to be going in. It looks like there's definitely going to be a My Sizely Cantina experience of some sort, whether it's a restaurant or a walkthrough or whatever. I would, I would assume it would have to be a restaurant. Yes, Marshall. Okay. So I have a beef with yes. the cantina. Okay. Um, I don't have a beef with the cantina. I do have a beef with the cantina. Here's my <laughs> thing. If they're going to do a Masazi cantina, all right, I support it wholeheartedly. I want it to be, I want it to look and feel like the Masazi cantina. What do you think I'm going to say next? That you don't serve alcohol in the property of Disneyland. You don't serve alcohol in the property of Disneyland. Except okay? for Club 33. Except for Club 33, which I'm not allowed in because they won't let me. Okay. <laughs> I, for me, if I'm going to spend money, Disney, dinner money and this was the same thing the same issue i had for our anniversary when i took kate to um you know what was it called the blue bayou restaurant blue bayou. right yeah i'm like oh we'll get a bottle of wine it's gonna be great i'm gonna spend a 100 bucks on a dinner and not even have a beer or, or a glass of wine or something granted it's not the end all be all but i'm going to the moss as a cantina right exactly um, to me that's that's kind of that's a little off in my opinion yeah, that is a bummer unless they actually change their policy, which is possible because they do serve alcohol at California Adventure. Which I spend um, a lot of time at. Right, which next time you take your wife to a <laughs> dinner in Disneyland, you want some wine, either go to the wine restaurant or go to Carthay Circle. Oh, no, we, we do all our meals pretty much in California Adventure. One, the food's better, the trattoria is great, um, and the, the clam chowder bowls and the beer trucks right there. I mean, that's that's where we do most of our meals when we go. Most because exactly. I like to get a uh, I like to get a beer, honestly. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, you know, if you remember from our last episode, we were talking about ideas for a Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the hotel and everything back on the backside of Paradise Pier, um, which would solve that problem. It's actually outside the Disney property, so there or the Disneyland area. So, right. Um, you know, if they change their policy, I'm okay with that, and just make this as an exception. Yeah, it's something you would actually. It's it's it. It works in with the theming. Yeah, and I would do it. I would do it for the experience. It's not like I'm not going to go. Um, I also kind of think that. Um, do you think nothing would happen for California Adventure? Um, are they just keeping it to Disneyland? Because you know there are some crossover between the two parks. You know, if, if they had the the uh, a new restaurant in California Adventure that was the cantina, it would be pretty sweet too. But it'd be apart from Star Wars Land. So I don't know. That was just an idea. The only thing that really makes sense with California Adventure is if they put something in uh, the Hollywood backlot, which I know that they're planning on doing right, some right, changes right. with, but you know, I don't know what. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Do we know, have they announced any attractions at all? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, they said they're, they're basically they're going to have the Moss Eisley thing, and the things that I've read, I haven't seen anything specific as for rides. I mean, there's things that you can kind of assume. Mm. Um, if they did a ride that was um, a, a, something being like a, a Wampa Escape or something like that would mm. make sense in the vein of Expedition Everest or Matterhorn. Uh, what kind of makes sense, Marshall? Yes. Question. Um, the other thing about having in Disneyland too is I didn't really think about this. Granted, there are roller coasters in Disneyland, right? Good yeah. roller coasters. Um, do you think they would break their rule? I mean, we're talking about space flight. Granted, Space Mountain does a pretty good job, but this is 2015. Do you think they'll break their rule of upside down coasters or loops or anything like that? Well, they do have a loop at California Adventure. With California Screaming. No, but I mean in Disneyland. Though. Yeah, I know. Yes, they I don't do have any yeah. in Disneyland. Um, you just have to remember, they actually haven't had a new coaster, an actual coaster, mm-hmm. at Disneyland since 1977. That's a good point. It's a good um, year, too. Star Wars came out that year. Yeah, 77, 78, when Space Mountain opened up. Right. Um, you know, before that, you had Thunder. You had, you know, you had Matterhorn in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, you don't have any. I mean, you have the the Gadget Go Coaster in tomorrow in Toontown, which ironically yeah. enough is actually the fastest ride in Disneyland. Which is nuts to me. That that ride um, it maxes out it at like forty two miles an hour or something like that. But it's also in a kid's land, and so they weren't going right. to do a loop in that. Plus, exactly. it doesn't doesn't work with the theming. Um, I can understand if they were to do a loop. They do have some looping rides at, at Disney World, um, like the uh, the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster has a loop. Um, you oh, know, that's stuff an indoor like that. loop too, isn't it? What was that? That's an indoor loop too, isn't it? It is. It is an indoor yeah. loop. Um, so you know they they do they are thinking about it. Um, also we talked about this uh, last week or the week before that they're doing the new Tron coaster at uh, the Shanghai Park. Right. That, right. That right. they're building, and so that would be something that would make sense to put into the Hollywood uh, backlot area of California Adventure down the road. So that's something that, that's possible. But going back to, to Star Wars, you know, you Star Wars is, is built on a lot of thrill speed stuff. X-Wings, True. pod racing. There's so much things that you can do with that. Um, I'm, you know, just on thought of my mind was um, having like a Sarlacc experience. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Which could be, you know, it uh, could be a coaster. But it could just be one of those ones that have extreme loops going down into the center or whatever, you know, something like yeah. that. You know, I wonder, a- something like you mentioned pod racing. I mean, the ride that blows my mind still in California Adventure is that Cars, uh, the Cars ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It, it's something that is, you know, part dark ride, you know, part coaster, part everything, right? And it's really in, in, it's really quite an amazing experience. So something like that, maybe with pod racing with a little story behind it. Um, exactly. I think that would know, be, the, be, that really would be cool. the purpose, the perfect mechanism for a, for a, a pod racing ride. I think the expedition Everest uh, structure would be perfect for like a Wampa escape type thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd know, be stuff, neat. stuff like that, you know, uh, having an, an X wing sort of thing. They're obviously already touching on that in space mountain. So I don't know what they would do with that. 
Now, the the other thing that comes along with this, and while we're talking about it, I mean, obviously the shops are kind of a no-brainer. I'm wondering if they're going to do any specific theming, like around the cantina, is it going to look like Tatooine, you know, or is it going to look like Mos Eisley around the cantina, or is it just going to be the Mos Eisley cantina, or are they going to do, are they going to have specific planets represented, are you going to be able to walk you know, through Coruscant at some, you know, that kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would totally make sense if they were to do, if they were to, like, pattern it as, like, a hub or, or similar to, like, Disneyland is, you know, like, spokes. Because, um, you know, if you think about, say, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you know, you can go to Hogsmeade, you can go to Diagon Alley, you've got, you've got the castle, you know, even though that's a small park, you have the opportunity for it to be split into different, themed areas as well and from what i've heard about that it's phenomenal as far as the train walking through the wall all that kind of stuff i think that's crazy to be able to do stuff like that so um and that's kind of what i was thinking about along these lines so something specific to certain lands or 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 very iconic things like you know dagobah or hoth or i like your idea of the wampa escape stuff like that um something with the millennium falcon would be would be ideal and I'm also wondering. Oh, that they actually did something... say that they were going to have a Millennium Falcon walkthrough. Nice, and you know, and and the other thing I, I I'd have to kind of bring up, maybe the you know show wise, um, you know how in California Adventure they have like the behind the scenes kind of stuff, right? Like maybe they could do something like that, or I mean, there's there's really no limit to what they could do, but I want I want it to be something a little outside of the norm, honestly, you know. Yeah, it would be really hard for them to do, like, a stage show, right, um, in the vein of, like, say, the Aladdin show in, in California Adventure, just because then you're you're getting into, you know, the variety show Life Day trouble area. Um, but you definitely will be able to bring the Jedi Academy over from Tomorrowland, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think it would be a no-brainer to have a... Um, I'm sure this is going to be in the launching pad part as well, but to have movie props and, and you know, video monitors with, with running videos, kind of like in uh, the lobby area of Mr. Lincoln, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. Well, I mean, honestly, man, I when I heard about this, and I didn't dive very deeply into it, I'd rather just kind of talk to you about it and see what happens and from what you heard. But really, I I am overjoyed and relieved knowing it's coming to Disneyland because mm-hmm. I go there every year um, and I have yet to go to Disney World. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's a ton there. They're going to get their Avatar land. They're doing all this stuff. But I am I was concerned that I was not going to get my Star Wars land because I don't, I'm not going to make it to Orlando, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're also doing it in Florida. So both, both coasts are going to get it. But I do like that they're not doing it only in Florida. Exactly. Um, anything else as far as that goes we want to cover before we move on? No, I think that's good for Star Wars Land. Of course, you know, we're going to be getting more and more information over the next few years. For sure. Um, how long, how, what's the ETA on it? Do we have any idea? I don't think they actually announced a date. Um, but you know, it'd take at least a couple years. Yeah, I'd say at least two, if not a little more. Um, all right, man. I think, I think by, I, my prediction is by the time we get what, episode eight ish? Yeah, eight is coming in 2017, so that gives yeah. you two and a half years. I think I think that's I think that's a safe bet. You know, maybe the, maybe summer that year. You know, we'll get it. That'd be yeah. cool. All right, what's next? All right, uh, we did get a little bit of 
kernel of information on the Han Solo anthology movie uh, that's coming out uh, in 2018. You know, we do know that's already going to be, you know, kind of like a an origin story. Right. Um, but they're kind of curious on how they're going to do the whole age thing. Is it going to be kind of like, you know, young Indiana Jones or whatever? Because you already have um, Harrison Ford established in that character. So is it going to be like a bookend sort of thing where you bring Harrison Ford in at the beginning and the end or something and the movie's in flashback or or what? But I, I think that would be a missed opportunity to not have him at least in as a cameo. Yeah, for sure. Um, in 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 the current time with it, but you know, so it's just it's talking about the whole idea of Han Solo's age. Mm-hmm. So and that's it. Um, yeah. So nothing, no, no real pertinent information, but just a the the raising of an idea. So we don't know how old he's going to be in the film, though. No, they haven't announced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he as old as Han, as old as Harrison is. Um, yeah, him making a cameo or doing, you know, making some bridging some sort of gap between his appearance in, you know, seven and eight. And wait, this is the one that's coming out, what, after eight? Yeah, after eight. Yeah, because so Rogue One's after seven. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it makes it makes total sense that uh, they might they might kind of try to bridge the gap there at some point between the between the films. Who knows? Right. Maybe something that happens in eight, seven or eight happens in the, you know, they flash back or kind of draw upon that for, for this anthology. I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, uh, the 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 last bit of major news out of D twenty three is the uh, the reveals for Infinity three point which we already discussed uh, in our Comic Con uh, episodes that they're going to be featuring. Um, you know, it's a Star Wars release, but right. they're also uh, you know, so you know, we we'll put a link in it. We don't want to go into it too heavily, but you know, it uh, it there was a cool little reveal. At the uh, the D twenty three, where John Boyega and Daisy Ridley were posing on stage next to their their uh, Infinity uh, oh, statues, yeah. oh, so cool. it's kind of cool. So we know that those two characters are coming in. Nice. Um, there's going to be a uh, a Marvel battle arena, I think, of some sort. Uh, you know, location, a new location. So you know, there's lots of cool stuff. So just follow the link in the show notes, and, and you'll get all that. Just know that they're not just focusing only on Star Wars. There's going to be more Marvel in there. There's, of course, going to be more Disney characters. Uh, of course, and, and, not just, and not just original, you know, trilogies, right? There's, I mean, if they're, right. if they're talking Boyega and, and really they're talking, you know, Episode 7 and the next ones, too. So Exactly. That's so cool. they're, they're covering the whole gamut of, of the saga, nice. um, which is cool. Um, the cool. last, the last bit of actual just Star Wars news we have is uh, some merchandise that's that's coming available. Um, I like the, the merchandise. <laughs> yeah, the the big news is is that you know Star Wars and Disney are both masters of of cross promotion, um, and so they've announced that Star Wars is actually partnering with seven major brands, and this is what I think is brilliant. Star Wars has always partnered with major brands of mm-hmm. you know Kenner or Tops or. You know, mostly with, with toys that are geared towards boys, basically, you, know, sure. you would think. But one of the things I love is the first major announcement is, guess who they're partnering up with? I have no idea. Cover Girl. Makeup. Cover Girl? And they're going to have Star Wars-themed colors and whatnot for <sighs> girls. So oh, I'm so sure awesome. you're, I'm sure Katie's going to love that and your girls are going to love it. <laughs> um but it's very oh, cool. Follow cool. the link. It actually shows some of the different shades of lipstick uh, that yeah. you can see, um, which is cool. I'm sure you're going to get some muted tans of of yeah. and pale pinks of like Tatooine Sunset and 
stuff uh, like that, which would be very that purple cool. is sick too. This is cool, man. Yeah, so I, I just love that they're learning from the past and that you can't just mark it to one thing. Exactly. This is yeah, this is neat. Eventually this is this this would be kind of cool, I think. And this is actually posted by Amy Ratcliffe, which is pretty yeah. neat too. Exactly. Um, on Nerdist, which is neat. So. Plus, uh, you know, who is right now who is uh who are the, the little girls emulating from Rebels right now? Um who are they emulating? Sabine? Sabine. Yeah. You look at Sabine, and she's all, all about lipstick and yeah. and everything. And if you notice the like the black and the purple in those colors is very Sabine like. Exactly. Yeah, this so is So cool, you know man. they're definitely going for that marketing. So so that's really cool. That's what I really like. Um but the big specific merchandise is have you seen the Vader inspired PS4? I I didn't click on the link. I saw it earlier. I'll click on the link right now and then I'll cry because I don't have a PS4 yet or an Xbox One. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon, but oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, wow. That might be I the be- coolest thing I've seen in a while. It is very cool. Um, so I think uh, that's great uh, that th- that's going to become available. Um, it's wow. seriously one of the coolest gaming system skins I've seen. Yeah, they're going to make a zillion dollars on that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's cool, man. Um, well, that's, that's exciting. For, yeah, that's it for Star Wars. Uh, you know, I, the rest of the stuff that I have is uh, all about pop culture. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or six duck-sized horses? J.H. Uh, all right, I'm going to assume that's hypothetical, right? I mean, right? But I'd have to answer neither because a horse-sized duck is too terrifying to even contemplate. And duck-sized horses? How could you fight them? They're too adorable. I mean, seriously, picture them. All trying to eat one apple. Oh my god, that's too cute. So yeah, man, let's move into our last section. And uh, we'll go into pop culture, man. And I'm very excited about it because we have a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. Um <laughs> I just saw your thing in our Marvel Puzzle Quest. All right, so um, <laughs> let's just get the, the quick little news items out of the way. Um, it's been announced that, you know, we already talked about that uh, the Lego movie, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, this is actually tying into to both DC and Star Wars because the guys who directed the Lego movie and are going to be doing Lego Batman, they have been tapped to do Episode Eight. Right. There's that, and we already we already know that Will Arnett is coming back to to voice Lego Batman. It was announced that Michael Sarah so is <laughs> yeah. It's been announced that Michael Sarah is going to be voicing Robin. Well, and hold on, before you get to the next part, those two together, I mean, of course you think uh, Arrested, Arrested Development, Development, yeah, and they they're amazing together, and that couldn't be a better uh, a combination. So sorry yeah, to cut you off. Be a better I, just, I love that. I just had to say that. Go ahead. Oh no worries. Um, but the, it has just now been announced that Zach Galifianakis is going to be doing the Joker. Oh, that's great. I mean, <laughs> I think two things. I think, or just one thing. I think they kind of missed the boat and the perfect opportunity to cross merchant, uh, cross promote Star Wars right. and have Hamill come in to do the Joker. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's didn't definitely more say he was and, done with the Joker though. Yeah, he did say he was done with the Joker. So yeah. Which is sad because he's an amazing Joker and he kind of is a Joker and he's really honestly my Joker because I watch a lot of Batman the Animated Series and I absolutely love that Joker, that Harley Quinn. Um, that's kind of where my, my Joker lies and, and I mean, Galifianakis is very talented though. Yes, he is. And I think he'll, he'll bring a comedy to it kind of like Will Arnett did to Lego Batman. Exactly. Um, 
just a quick little side note here is uh, there was a, a, a like kind of a bulk announcement of talking about Fox Fall TV shows, and just a big one I wanted to touch on was uh, X Files. They're mentioning okay. X Files, and they had a couple of screenshots, and uh, and it looks like that Mulder and Scully might not be together. So what? Yeah, so you know, just interesting news. But there's stuff coming out. There's going to be a crossover episode between um, Bones and Sleepy Hollow somehow. What? So that should be interesting. Yeah, I thought it was weird. And something I heard, it's not going to be a stunt either. It's actually going to be story driven. So we'll, huh. we'll see how that goes. Interesting. Um, okay, I don't have no comment on that, but that's crazy. Yeah. So just you know, if you if you follow some Fox shows, the big one that I like is if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was, uh, if you remember back to one of my top tens, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was one of my shows you should be watching. Um, and at the end of the second season, um, it was discovered that Andre Brower is going to be leaving as the captain. And okay. they, they just announced the person taking his place is Bill Hader. Huh, nice. From Saturday Night Live and, yeah, and Trainwreck and whatnot. So uh, he's really funny, so he should be really good in that position. Cool. Um, plus, you know, he and, and Andy Samberg have a history from Saturday Night Live, so you know they're going to be playing off each other really well. Um, and then the last bit of news we have from D23, which just kind of folds in here, is they uh, they showed footage from Captain America uh, Civil War, which is really cool. Uh, I haven't gone searching for it online. I'm sure somebody has pirated video of it somewhere, but I just haven't searched for it. Um, but it evidently shows uh, Black Panther. Uh-huh. It shows Captain America and Iron Man fighting. Um, evidently, there's a cute little funny scene of when uh, Captain America and Ant-Man meet. Oh, that's going to be um, Yeah, so really, it's evidently it was really, really cool footage, so I can't wait till they actually release some to the public. Nice, dude. Yeah, I didn't go out of my way looking for anything really from D23 at all because I've just been so busy. But, um, yeah, when it comes out, that'll be cool. And... Uh, I, I, I'm very intrigued. I mean, I really enjoyed it, man. We talked about it the other week, but, um, any tie-ins with that is, is, is fun in my opinion. And then the, the last little bit of news isn't really news, but it's a uh, conjecture. Evidently there was an artist that decided to draw some images of Captain Marvel with Ronda Rousey in the role. And hmm. they look phenomenal. Yeah, and, they do. And evidently Ronda Rousey is pushing to be cast in it too. Cause she's already been doing some acting. She was in Fast and Furious 7. Um, so she's got some experience, um, and I think she would be perfect in the role. So, sure. um, I, I don't know if she can carry a temple franchise item like that, but she definitely has the physique. She definitely has the look. So we, we will see how that goes, but the images are incredible. Cool. Yeah. I like those. Awesome. Um, so there's that. Um, do you want to move on to your stuff before we get into real reviews or? Yeah, let's. Let me, I'm just going to say a couple of things real quick, just what I've been doing geek wise. And then, right. cause we still want to kind of talk about Fantastic Four a little bit, don't we? Are we going to spend any time on it or are we just going to do real reviews on it? What do you think? Well, I'll, I'll do my real review and we could expand on it. Okay. Um, uh, I just, yeah, we'll talk about it. So I'm going to skip that. Um, I, you know, while I was off the grid, I kind of made a point before I left and I loaded up my iPad. Um, yes, I still have an iPad one. Um, you know, my iPad with a bunch of, uh, comics I've been wanting to read, you know, um, stuff that Kevin Smith did, you know, uh, killing joke, um, you know, Ant-Man, uh, you know, stuff that I've been wanting to read forever. And usually I go out there and I listen to audio books, I play with the kids and the dog and stuff. And, 
And really, I kind of made a point of sitting and reading comics. What I found myself doing, though, I wrote, I read some um, Harley Quinn, I read the, uh, you know, the Killing Joke and some Batman stuff. But what I kept going back to was Deadpool. I read the whole Merc with the Mouth series. I read um, the Marvel Now series, almost all of them. I think I'm at issue 29 now mm-hmm. um, of that out of 45. Deadpool speaks to me. I'm sure I'm not the only, I, you know, I'm a latecomer to the Deadpool thing. Um, and of course, the trailer came out, which is absolutely ridiculously phenomenal now that I've been reading the comic. Um, you know, and I know there are a lot of Deadpool fans out there, which is why this is, this is important. I've been, you know, really trying to make sure I get him in Marvel Puzzle Quest, which I did. I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> but, the, but for me, uh, I'm, I, I, when I teach, I, I, I do a unit. I'm actually doing it right now on heroes and I've kind of expanded into anti-heroes. Um, you know, I'm going to do a star Wars thing. I'm going to do, uh, I do Beowulf and that kind of stuff. And my whole thing is with, with anti-heroes is something that has always kind of, uh, it really, really spoke to me. And I, my, my book is about an anti-hero, the book that I wrote recently, right. you know, my personal novel, um, Deadpool is to me, an anti-hero of anti-heroes, man. He's, he's funny. Um, the humor gets is really important to me, but at the same time, there's some moments, man, where I was I was close to tears, you know, um, because you know sometimes people are put in situations where they're put in situations where their their lives suck because of just how it all worked out, you know, and and yeah. and this comic is is it's really doing it for me, and I'm and, you know by the time we record again, I'll be through the rest. Um, I, I have a bunch of other ones, uh, old school ones I'm going to go, uh, go through, but, um, the Merc with the mouth was awesome. The Marvel now series is great. I've read some other ones. I'm even reading, you know, and I don't do this very often. I'm even reading the letters at the end because I like to see where people, how people identify with them, you know? And, and I know that I'm not the only Deadpool fan out there. There's a bunch of them, but for me, like I finally found a superhero that I'm more excited about than any other. And I thought Batman was cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that's cool. Um, my you know, you know my bro- my younger brother Michael. Um, mm-hmm. he's a huge Deadpool fan. Um, he draws lots of pictures of him. I, mean, I don't know if he does much anymore, but you know when Deadpool was first coming out in the you know late '90s and throughout the 2000s, he was always yeah. a big fan of him. Um, so you know I I've kind of just tangentially heard about his character. Yeah. Now I now that I'm learning more of his backstory and and why he's kind of insane and. And it's it's kind of cool. Same thing. I'm kind of you know learning more about Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, on why she's insane and 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 whatnot. And actually, I'm currently uh, getting digital copies of of the Harley Quinn trade paperbacks, so I can kind of read some of her backstory because it's just a such a interesting character. And so I wanted to mention that this week, mostly because I'm I'm diving down this rabbit hole of Deadpool. And and you're right. Why is he insane? What is the motivation? And is he really insane? Or are people just upset with him because he never stops talking? And I identify with that because I never stopped talking, you know? And and I have this whole thing, you know, I, I talk for a living, I teach students, you know, and my first day of school kind of reminded my I reminded myself of Deadpool because I never stopped talking all day long. You know, and people were like, dude, is this guy's still going. You know, and I and and I and I and at the same time he's it's violent, you know, it's it's messy. He actually kills, you know, he's not just you know, I've been watching, um, and I added this on here too, Daredevil. We we're almost done with that series on Netflix, and and I have some comics of his too, of, of Daredevil comics I haven't dived into yet. But you know, 
Daredevil, he's, he, he, he approaches his, uh, he goes into fights not wanting to kill anybody, you know, very similar to Batman, you know, yeah. and, you know, he'll beat the crap out of somebody or let them die, but he won't go out of his way to kill them. Deadpool will shoot somebody in the face. And so where's the difference there? And I, and I, I, anyway, I don't want to go on and on about this, but I'm very intrigued by it. And I've been reading the crap out of some Deadpool, Deadpool. So, um, you know, I would, you know, go to Merc with a mouth, check it out, you know, and, and it's fun. It's fun and it's heartbreaking at the same time. So, yeah, definitely on my list. And, and as your podcasting partner, I can definitely uh, attribute to the fact that you definitely don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, no so problem. anyway, I, I tried and, to and I am a little time. angry at you that you did get the four star Deadpool and Marvel Puzzle Quest because I did oh. not even come close to that. And that Dude, I worked really my cool I worked my ass off on that. I was like, if I do nothing else this summer, I'm getting this freaking Deadpool, right? <laughs> um, one last thing I want to mention, well, two last things uh, as far as TV goes, because it was a summer. It's the end of summer. The wife and I were binging some stuff. We watched Agent Carter finally. God, that show's good. If you've not watched Agent Carter yet. And you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or you're into the Marvel uh, uh, Cinematic Universe, Agent Carter is an absolutely phenomenal show. Check and it did out. You, did you catch uh, Ralph Garman in there? Yeah. Oh, 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 Ralph Garman's in it, too. I was like, babe, that's Ralph Garman. That's Ralph Garman. She's like, who's Ralph Garman? I was like, damn it. I've said so many times who Ralph Garman is. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Will, Will would know. <laughs> <laughs> Will, if he was sitting there, he would know. Um, and we also watched Ascension, which is on Netflix as well. Um, it was a miniseries. I think it's, I want to say, eight episodes, six episodes, maybe six. Really good. It's very Battlestar Galactica um, and uh, with some twists in it. So definitely check that out, too. That was fun. So I've been binging some stuff. I've seen a couple of movies, but mostly been watching Hella TV. So I'm going to stop talking, <laughs> but Ascension is really good. You know, some TV that I've been watching, you know, uh, sometimes you got to you know, get away from the geek stuff a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so actually two shows that I've been been watching lately is, uh, you know, I totally went through the entire first season of this in one day was the Netflix show, Grace and Frankie, um, Mm -hmm. which if you haven't watched it is flipping hilarious. Um, but it's so deep at the same time. It's with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Um, and it's the creators are a couple of people that created friends, Mm -hmm. but basically these two couples in their early seventies, and they are taken out to dinner. Their husbands take the wives out to dinner to announce to them that they had had a 20-year uh, gay affair. And, oh. the two, and the two husbands are Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston. <laughs> That's and awesome. the show is phenomenal because it deals not only with like the aftermath and everything, but it's really good. And Lily Tomlin's up for an Emmy for it. It's really well written. So check that out. I'm currently totally binge-watching Criminal Minds. Don't oh, know why, right. I just, just got on the hook. I uh, watched the first three seasons. I'm right now in the middle of season four. So uh, so we're, we're, I'm just going through that, so it's really good. But I've also had a chance to go see a whole bunch of movies. Um, so cool. let me go through my real reviews right now. Um, yeah, we should, have a, we should have a bumper. Real reviews! <laughs> we do something. need to get a bumper for that. Um, I'm going to start off with actually something that I don't normally do, but I saw a brilliant trailer this week. Oh. And it's a trailer for the the new Tarantino movie coming out this holiday season called the hateful eight. And it looks phenomenal. Dude. I saw that trailer too. That's amazing. It looks brilliant. And one thing I love is everybody's going digital on the releases, right? He's actually shot this in 70 millimeter, which 
Not very few movies in the history of movies have ever done Ben Hur. Ten Commandments were seventy millimeter. Right. This is going to be a spectacle, and I cannot wait. Yeah, and it no, looks really, really Tarantino's good. really doing something different with this. I'm 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 pumped about it. Um the the other movies I've gone to see the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll start off with the best ones. Um, the three movies that I would go see again on opening weekend. Um, were uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great it, stunts. I it was. I think it's the best of the Mission Impossible series. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I'll go see it again in theaters. I've heard really good things about it. I didn't get to see it while it was in my theater. It's already gone. But um, but yeah, I, I, I actually I really want to see that too. Um, the next one uh, is, uh, and this one might speak to me a little bit more, just because, like I said, I've been listening to Her Majesty's Secret podcast. <laughs> but I loved Man from Uncle. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually not a huge Guy Ritchie fan um, who okay. directed it, but it's got um, the guy who's doing uh, Superman right now, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Cavill. Henry Cavill's in it. Army Hammer, who was from uh, Social Network, is in it. Um, just really, really great performances. And it's a and it's a remake of a 60s television show, which was brilliant. Um um, won some Golden Globes, really, really good show. And it basically, it takes a uh, place at the height of the Cold War in the 60s, and it's an organization, It the, the whole sh- movie sets it up, but basically it ends up with the idea that the, the, the run is going to be a British-run international organization whose two main spies are an American and a Russian at the height of the Cold War. So... We had a choice, actually. We went to the movies. We had a date night a few nights ago and went to a buddy's restaurant. He just opened it up. I was all pumped about that. And I was like, okay, so we can see a man from, a man from uncle or we can see Fantastic Four. And I knew we'd be talking about Fantastic Four and there's podcasts I haven't listened to because they're talking about Fantastic Four. So I thought I'd see that. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I, I'm interested in that as well. So, and the other one you're going to say never came to my theater, but, uh, I wish it had because I would have gone by myself to see this one. Go ahead. Um, yeah, the next one is I actually just went and saw this, uh, day before yesterday and I went and saw it with my brother and, uh, I, he said, do you want to go see this? And I'll say the name in a minute. He said, do you want to go see this? And I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, you like NWA? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> One of the first uh, albums I ever bought was uh, was The Chronic, right? So we went and saw Straight Outta Compton, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Two and a half hours long. Didn't was it feel that like long? it. It was wow. uh, brilliantly acted. Really good pacing. Uh, of course, the music was phenomenal. Um, and funnily enough, is uh, you know you, you get to see, you know. Uh, Dre, and you get to see uh, DJ Yella and MC Ren and Ice Cube and Easy E and uh, you know all those people and everything. But the biggest uh, responses from the crowd was whenever a new label was mentioned, because you know with rap it's all about yeah. the label. Yeah, exactly. and so so when they founded Ruthless Records, big response from the crowd. So this First is my question. Here, question. Yeah. Before you get too deep, when they were talking about Ruthless Records, Easy E is involved, obviously. Did Bone Thugs and Harmony make an appearance? Okay. As people and characters, no, but they are mentioned, and I'll get to this. Oh, they are mentioned. Okay. They are mentioned. That's my um, boys. I, I, I'm an, you know me. I'm an old school Bone Thugs fan. Go ahead. Exactly. And actually, I, I talked to, to Steve about this after the movies about your, your big fan of, of Bone, and he really doesn't know Bone all that well. Um, but so Ruthless was mentioned, and then, 
you know, first time Death Row is mentioned, and then Lynch Mob when Cube went out on his own, and then Aftermath and right. all that stuff. So, so lots of great stuff. Um, my favorite thing is I think the person who played Dre was really good. Um, the person who played uh, Ice Cube is phenomenal. Was because his Ice son, Cube's real wasn't it? Wasn't it, it was his son? son. It, yeah. it, it was uh, because Ice Cube's real name is O'Shea Jackson. Okay. And the person who played Ice Cube was O'Shea Jackson Jr. Right. Same That's mannerisms. Right. Same, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, the guy who played Easy E did really, really well. Um, and they did bring a bone at the end because, you know, he discovered bone. Yeah. Uh, really near the end of his life. He helped him get his star before he died. Yeah. He did. And he's actually, you know, spoilers, if you don't know much of the story at all yet, Easy E did die of AIDS and he's in the hospital and he was actually trying to get NWA back together. Um, and, uh, one of the last things is, uh, I believe it was DJ yellow who helped with bone, uh, brought in their, uh, uh, East 99 eternal EP, I believe yeah. and had it on cassette and put it on his, and I don't know if, if he ever got to hear the final product yeah. or whatnot, but he was also trying to get cube to cube and Dre to listen to it. It's so, one of the, so that, one of the sickest bone albums still. Absolutely. So, so really good. Yeah. So just the whole movie was really good. And over the credits, they had interviews with, it showed an interview with the, the actual people. Um, you know, you had, uh, you got to see Suge Knight. You got to see, uh, the person they got to play Tupac was great. Um, the person they got to play Snoop Dogg was great. I was yeah. a little bummed that, you know, cause Snoop Dogg was really introduced to Dre through Dre's, uh, nephew Warren G. Right. 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 And, uh, Love uh Warren G. <laughs> exactly. Warren G is great. And you saw him on screen, but it didn't really reference his name. Oh, bummer. So unless you know the story, you don't understand that that's Warren G. Um, right. So really kind of cool. Um, but, but very well done movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, highly recommended. Definitely an opening night, uh, opening weekend movie. Well, my buddy Josh and I, you know, we were talking about going to see this when we heard about it. Of course, we we're watching the trailer and cracking up and ready to go see it. And, you know, I, I do the flip side podcast with them. We're like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go and see it. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Of course, it never came to my little tiny theater. So, well, it, it is great. If you get a chance to see it, go see it. Cause it's really good for sure. All right. What's next? Uh, next is, uh, my, my new level of, uh, matinee. Um, I went and saw train wreck, um, because I'm a huge red Apto fan. I'm a huge fan of Amy Schumer. I think the reason why this only made the level of matinee, um, I was actually in a very down mood when I went and saw it. Yeah, but it was funny. The you know who stole the movie was LeBron James, was hilarious in it, um, because you know he's talking about how you know I can't go into the locker room tomorrow without having seen Downton Abbey, and <laughs> and stuff like that. And then he's like talking about how you and you know LeBron is really well known for in in a lifestyle that's become known for being multiple baby mamas and lots of kids and all that stuff in, in pro basketball. He's really well known for having had the same woman for a long time. He's very devoted to his family, but in this, he's teaching the the Bill Hader character, how to, how to hide your baby mama and hide your money. And (laughs) it's really funny um, because it's so anti LeBron James. Um, so it was, it was a funny movie. I enjoyed it. Um, Amy Schumer did a good job. Um, then my, uh, the next two movies are, uh, what I would say, just wait for digital. Um, I went and saw pixels and yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler, Kevin James is Kevin James. 
You go uh, into Josh, it knowing that, you know? <laughs> yeah, Josh Gad, Josh Gad. Um, I loved just seeing all the old games that I used to play on my Atari 2600. Peter Dinklage is hilarious in it. So you um, say it's did, basically worth the nostalgia, right? It, it's worth it. If you grew up in the 80s, it's definitely yeah. worth it. Um, I would say wait for it on digital, get the digital copy off iTunes or whatnot and watch it. It's 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 entertaining. The soundtrack is great. Um, and cool. I actually had Michelle Monaghan in it, and I like her. So yeah. I didn't get a Just, chance to see it. it. It left my theater a little too quick. Um, then the other digital is Vacation. Um, I you know, might have been hoping for this one a little bit too much. Chris Hemsworth was fantastic. The guy from The Hangover, I'm drawing a blank. Ed Helms. And Christina Applegate were both hilarious. You know, everyone did strong performances, and the writing was all right. It's just like if there, it was just like trying too hard a little bit. But there are definitely laugh out loud parts. So again, you know, give give them some money on digital. Um, and then my last one, and I'm sorry to say because I really wanted to like it, is go ahead and torrent the new Fantastic <laughs> Four. Okay, um, you went and saw it. My two biggest gripes about this is you definitely see why Josh Trank was kind of pushed out the door from episode eight. You, you could definitely see how the third act edits were yeah. probably done by somebody else. Um, it was way too much setup, And then the ultimate boss fight was about 90 seconds long. Yeah. It wasn't very awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, the final fight was cool, but it was just way too short. It was short. And, um, I went into this with really no expectations, didn't read any reviews. Obviously, you can see very clearly that, uh, you know, 22% or whatever on, uh, you know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, Rotten Tomatoes whatever. And I'm like, look, I, I'm an, I'm an easy sell with movies usually, you know, I will go, especially if it's a, if it's a superhero movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first, you know, the other Fantastic Four movies, but I enjoyed them and they were fun in my opinion, right? So I went into this one. Um, after coming from my vacation, listening to a lot of podcasts and catching up, I listened to, I should have put this in podcast corner, but, um, you know, if you don't listen to Kevin Smith podcast, how dare you? But, um, his Fat Man on Batman, um, podcast has kind of morphed a little bit and he does what he calls, um, a utility belt with this guy. Um, his last name just flew out of my name, out of my head, but his name is Mark. Um, and they talk about geek stuff in general, right? right. And, um, when Mark couldn't make it, uh, he got a, or he couldn't stay for the whole time. He got Josh Trank on there, you know, and this goes back to the roots of Fat Man on Batman sit, sitting down and talking with somebody, but it wasn't about Batman, right? So he did, it's going to be four parts and uh, the th first three have already been downloaded, but he does this whole interview with Josh Trank and going into Fantastic Four. And I think this is why I, I really wanted, I was really hopeful is listening to Josh Trank's story, going through all of this stuff, listening to, you know, how he made Chronicle and, and his first, you know, YouTube video and all this stuff was really interesting to me. So I went to the movie. I took the wife. I said, you know, uh, you know, it was a date night or our last date night before I started work. I was like, look, you know, everybody says it's not going to be very good. And I, and, and she's like, well, we usually like movies, right? And I said, you know what? You're right. So we went in there and we watched the movie and, you know, I don't know, halfway through, uh, Kate's like, well, I'm, I like it so far. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so do I. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we yeah. had a, we had a decent time with it. You know, it wasn't it it was no Avengers, but right. I, I mean, I I I actually liked the movie. I liked the relationships between the characters. I mean, the, he did a lot right. I I'm with you on the last scene, you know, or on the fight scene. It it, it could have been longer, but yeah, I don't I know. Did, Josh Chang does relationships well. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, that is true. I did love the relationship between Reed Richards and Ben Grimm. 
I thought that was great. Um, going into it, the, the one thing I think I like most about Fantastic Four is with most of the early, early Marvel superheroes, we're talking X-Men, Spider-Man, whatnot, they're mostly teenagers. Yeah. Right? What was great about the Fantastic Four is they were adults, they except were. for Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm was the teenage brother of Sue Storm. But the other ones were in their mid to late 20s, right? They were already with degrees. They were already established. You know, they were already going for their thing. The ultimate run in the 2000s kind of re- retconned that to putting them in, in high school, mm. right? Which is fine. You know, retconning is, is totally fine. I didn't know that. So going in there, I thought they were almost all really young. Right. Um, which is cool. I did like how Doom was portrayed more. I um, really enjoyed that. Actually. Yeah, I did like the guy who played Doom as more like a uh, disaffected member of the group instead of like the rival that he was played as in the the first two movies. Um, I, I so found I myself, to... yeah, I'm with you on that. I found myself kind of going, "Why? Wait, he's not one of the Fantastic Four. Why is he there? I know who he is. Where's where's uh where's his friend? You know?" And they're already going there. How are they going to get? Uh, and then when then they were doing it, and I was like, "How's Sue going to get?" Uh, affected by it, you know? Exactly. And, and I, th- so I, I, I kind of really liked the way they did it. Yeah, that was well done. He is good at relationships, but it just wasn't with the, the, the action scenes just did not follow through with me. And the, the, the final, the final battle just was not up to snuff for what yeah. you would expect from, I mean, you don't, you don't go in expecting Avengers or age of Ultron where it's like a full on 45 minute, you know? Yeah. But you do want more than 90 seconds of, Oh, here, here's one punch, and then here the the one line of realization, and then the the takeout. You know what I mean? You want a little bit more, right? And I, and I, I'm I'm fully with you on that. And you know, it wasn't the best movie I've seen this year by far, but I don't I don't know if it's as bad as everybody else said. And I think part of it is because I went into it wanting to know more about Josh Trank, you know, and I was very curious to see after all the stuff we've talked about around Star Wars and stuff, how that was going. And I, I've yet to watch Chronicle, and I really would like to watch that. Have you seen that? I have Maybe. not. Okay, so I, I actually downloaded it, um, and I'm going to watch it. And, you know, between now and next week, I'm going to watch it and just kind of see, you know, where he's coming from and stuff. And, you know, I'm very also very curious to see what the fourth um, installment of uh, Fat Man on Batman is going to be, because this is going to be post I, if I'm not mistaken, going to be post the movie coming out. I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it to a point. And, you know, and as we're talking, you know, there are some things obviously that could have been better. But in all honesty, it, it, I, I'm an easy sell when it comes to movies, man. So <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you know, it's still, it's still a movie I'll end up having in my library. But yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's partly the completionist in me and, and partly just that I like superhero movies. And, you know, I, I like to find the good things in movies. And you're right, Josh Trank does do relationships well. Um, but, you know, I could definitely see where I wish Fox had just given up the reins and let Marvel take it over. Exactly. Um, right, so that's man. it. The, the last thing I have to say is uh, that I totally forgot about this until now. But uh, a show I never watched, but I watched it this week, was Hollywood Game Night, hosted by uh, Jane Lynch, because it had Kevin Smith on it. I haven't just, watched it yet. I need with to Justin see Long and Haley Joel Osment, and, and it's I, pretty yeah. darn funny. Yeah, I, I need to watch that. I, I've heard some good stuff about it. They were talking about it on Babylon, I think, weren't they? So. Yeah, they were. Because they were talking because uh, Kevin Smith pulled an Arnold X. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. 
It was the accent. Fun. All right, uh, man. Yeah, well, that's all I got. So look, man, I'm glad we're back. Um, if if all the stars align and everything works the way it's supposed to, we'll be here next week, right? Um, yeah, the next couple of days, I will hopefully be getting some news. Yeah, and and you know, if not, we'll rely on Mickey D's and we'll we'll work on it. So, uh, I want to say again, um, as far as Swore Tour goes, um, you know, we pulled a switch on you, but definitely join us on the Harbinger. Um, you know, become you know, help us out a little bit if you can. Uh, on Patreon and that kind of thing, and you know, you know, we won't miss two weeks in a row often. But thanks for bearing with us and 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 staying with us. So. I just need to say that I felt like. Yeah. Uh, one last thing for my end is I want to say a big uh, shout out and thank you to Austin and the Downtown Center Cinemas of San Luis Obispo for letting me go see a whole bunch of movies. And actually, after I saw Straight Out of Compton, which I actually saw at the Fremont, um, it was uh, great because my brother Steve, who I went with it, uh, went to go see it with, used to manage the Fremont. And Austin uh, took us up and took us a tour of the old Art Deco Theater, which was built in 1941. And uh, it's a really cool theater. So, you know, oh, anytime cool. you can go see a theater, it's almost 80 years old. Uh, it's really cool. So, again, nice, a man. big shout out to Downtown Center Cinemas for letting me go see some movies. Cool, man. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna go into outro mode. Ready? Ready. <laughs> all right. So, thanks for tuning into the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com, email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Swotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Please give us some positive ratings if you have the time. That'd be great. Um, audibletrial.com uh, slash usualpodcast. You can get a free trial. Check out Felicia Day's new book or any of the books we mentioned early on in last week, in episode before last, I guess I should say. Um, and look, you can help us out on patreon.com slash usual podcast and give a buck or two, get us toward our goal, enter some contests and, um, and help us out. It'd be good. So thanks everybody. I had a really good time. Extra long dual episode here and it's good to be back. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, it was a good one. If there's nothing else, uh, I guess we'll, uh, see you next week. See you next week.